Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Real. Today, we are talking about Minute 3, which begins with men on the outside of a large plane in the ice and ends with men on the inside of a large plane in the ice. Do you still want to lean in on the UFO-ness of this minute, or are you done with that? Okay, you know, no, I'm going to start with it again, because the first thing we get <laughs> when this minute starts is we get we get a pullout of, we have, you know, a few of these, a lot, we should mention, there are, I don't know, at least a dozen extras in snow outfits walking around um, in this particular soundstage or wherever it was that they filmed this particular scene we pull out to reveal this wing sticking out and a dotted red line outlining the shape of it which doesn't necessarily look like an airplane <laughs> i'm just gonna tell you it doesn't look like an airplane <laughs> it, totally it looks it, like an airplane it doesn't look like a ufo but it it doesn't look like an airplane it looks like it looks a v like an and and as we learn it is uh one of a these v flying wing. wings it is a flying wing, wing yeah designed type of plane so that's what it is now we also we also noticed it is sticking out of the ice at quite an angle yes that's going to come into play here shortly <laughs> think about the yes. angle the angle of this thing as it's sticking out of the ice as we get to the later minute or later part of the minute where they're inside the belly of this beast Yes, because, yes, what you will discover is that there, the plane might include a giant gimbal inside <laughs> to keep the floor level when it banks. Exactly. Apparently, the yeah. floor does not ever, <laughs> it's always right. uh, perfectly horizontal. <laughs> not completely making sense, but it is what but, it is. But this, that jumps way too far ahead of my favorite part in this minute, which is uh, laser drills. Well, yeah, and this is this is one of these exciting things. This whole open here reminds me so much, and I'm glad that we have Gorman in this particular set of minutes because it reminds me so much of Aliens. Yeah. This reminds me of that derelict uh, ship at the beginning of Aliens when the salvage team goes and they cut into the, the door with their laser thing and they send a little scanning thing in to scan it and everything. This reminds me so much of that. It felt very James Cameron-esque as we were watching this did you get any vibes of that oh 100 percent. i think i really did and I, I, it would be hard not to it, it's hard for me not to watch it with that in mind that that was somehow intentional yeah feels like there's something there uh, i yeah. do like how yeah. we have i mean obviously they had in their hmuv uh, quite a lot of fantastic shield type of gear which you know as we learned in thor they clearly always have insane useful things in the backs of their trucks that you just wouldn't expect the normal truck to have because they do have this laser cutting device i like how all the people who are working here they've all stuck their red uh, light sticks kind of in kind of just a little corner there and you can tell that Time has passed because the sun actually has come up like a hair. So a, a bit, yeah. <laughs> just a tiny bit. Uh, but yeah, we get this fantastic bit of this laser, this spinning laser drill as it cuts into they uh, and they have found they're not cutting into the wing that we saw sticking out. They're cutting into a piece of a snowy area uh, where they. I, I it doesn't look like they've cleared off snow, but it seems like they maybe must have or something i'm it's it's unclear but when they do cut through 
when we're inside the ship and we actually see the piece of the plane fall in where they've cut, it's not like, you know, three feet of snow on top of it or anything. It's like maybe four inches. Right. And that, I think, is is a little bit deceptive because it feels like they could have made the case that that laser drill was drilling through many, many feet of ice and snow before it got to the actual hull of the plane. Yeah. But that is not how the inside uh, kind of reverse shot portrays it. It really feels like there's no there, there's no distance from where people are up top and the repelling gear, et cetera. Yeah, which, which I mean, it makes it seem like maybe they did clear off a bunch of snow. Like, maybe they brought in some... I, I mean, clearly time has passed. It, they never yeah. show us anything. Maybe they, you know, brought some shovels or some snow plows or something, and they cleared off stuff above it. Again, the fact that none of this is at an angle is a little funky because that wing is at quite the angle. Whatever. Um, they they drill through this thing with the with the uh, this laser drill. I do like how when we cut to the interior, uh, because we see it working on the outside, we cut inside before any of the people go in there, and you can see the laser like on and off as it's as it's you know when it's coming all the way through. That's where it's already cut all the way through. But then there are spots as it circles that it's still actually cutting through, and it's not until the laser does a full. 360 where the actual um, piece falls. So it's kind of cool the way that they they actually do. It's it's clear that the effects team really thought about how this logistically was working. The laser drill itself. Do you know much about laser drilling? <laughs> I, I don't know much about laser drilling. Do you have some uh, some stuff you'd like to talk about with laser drills? Well, I get I got very excited about it. Of course, trying to figure out do they have a drill like this. Like, is this a thing that that they could do? And so I started try- looking for all kinds of, you know, all kinds of companies that might make drills that do. I did find an ice drill company that makes uh, drills for ice, but what they actually make are decorative ice sculptures using lasers. So mm. that's a thing that yeah. they could do. But to drill through the ice and the hull of the plane and do it as quickly as it looks like they're doing I, 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 that's an industrial thing that, you know, not a lot of people, it looks like are posting YouTube videos about that. So I, I couldn't quite, do, do you think perhaps it. it's something designed for the Marvel universe? No, no, I think it was, I think it was real. I think they were trying to source real stuff. And most of this movie is real. Shut up. This, this is shield. I, I will say you can look up laser drilling and there is such a thing as laser drilling. It's the process of creating yes. through holes referred to as quote, popped holes or percussion drilled holes by repeatedly pulsing focused laser laser energy on a material they do it this way it says you can make very small the diameter can be as small as uh, 0.002 inches so very very tiny and it says if a larger hole is required the laser is moved around the circumference of the popped hole until the desired diameter is created this technique is called uh, trepanning or trepanning. But it takes it takes I think much longer I think than this this scene would indicate. So, I'm just saying, you know, in terms of the verisimilitude that we're going for, how real is Captain America? That's the purpose of this podcast, right? Is how real is it? That's that's what we're here to talk about. What I, what's I real this in, in this yeah, world? 70 yeah. 70% real this yeah. movie. 
Yeah. So far, well, we're at seventy yeah, percent. We're in the realm of Shield and their cool tech. That's that's kind of where we sit with this particular moment. Yep. Um, but it's cool, and that's I think that's I think one of the things that works. And in context of trying to figure out what time period we are in, if you didn't know that the HMV was designed in two thousand six, then you would probably look at this laser and go, "Oh, well, I'm certainly not in nineteen forty two. We're certainly not in nineteen forty two. That is true." <laughs> All right, so now we're inside this uh, this ship of some sort. We we cut inside before the the uh, the hole is cut into the hole. We see it fall in quite a ways. I mean, that's a good I don't know thirty feet or so. Would you say? Oh, easy 20, 20 to thirty feet. Yeah, it's a it's quite a distance. Yeah, if not bigger. Yeah, it's serious. Uh, it's hard to tell exactly what we're inside. We just see a lot of metal beams, kind of curved metal beams, kind of support struts and uh, structures, and a stair. there's a staircase in the back. One thing that I did find interesting, and I don't know if this uh, stood out to you, there is snow everywhere inside here. Yes. Yes, it did. How did it get there? Now, I, in my head, I made up some science that I would be interested if, if is, it is somehow true that somehow because of like condensation moisture that was in the cab cabin when it hit the ice that it froze and through and because of it is so dry that it became you know it just magically became powder because science that is what I said it was all everything that is in there is somehow related to it's the moisture it's, inside it's frozen inside condensation basically over seven decades right 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 over many many years that's that's what i said that's a lot of that's a lot so of, that's much. a that, that's a plane that took off in an like 110 percent humidity yes right and much. the problem is it's it is now legit powder like the snow is not ice it's not like yeah frozen there yeah. until we get to to the hero shot of this minute Right, right, right. It, it's it's a weird. I'm I struggle with the fact that we have so much snow in here. I I guess I wouldn't be bothered at all if when we cut to the shot of the the giant window bank that we have at the head of this plane, if the windows were broken, like it would make more yeah. sense to me if the windows were broken. Now, maybe there was a window broken. I just didn't well, see it. Well, it's entirely possible that there is because as you look at it, you can't I mean, we just see the frames of the windows. I mean, this is a this huge window. We'll talk about this more um later. In fact, we'll talk about the plane here in a sec, but and I will say the window shot, that is the one place where you can tell it's slightly canted. <laughs> very very slightly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Slightly. There's a slight, a slightly. slight tilt. You know, there's a there is another potential angle, and I wonder if we can resolve this question later in the minute, or later in the movie, which is what is going on behind us? Because I know that the Bombay doors, there was some damage. Like there's, there could be some opening from under the plane, and is the back door open to the cavernous cabin? I mean, that certainly is a good point. Um, again, though, like, it's not like an opening and then it's just a massive interior of a ship. I mean, there's doors and there's passages and yeah. stuff that you have to yeah. walk through. Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of big space in here. Uh, to your point, though, that and, and may be like if, if we're talking about no prize. Yeah. Then at some point with this, I mean, it's, you know, sitting on the top of the ice at some point, perhaps snow just kind of blew in and just kind of sat here. And, uh, you know, I could I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to go with it. Okay. So we see. So we have our two uh, shield uh, team. They they rappel down inside and they're looking around. I love the shot of them rappelling in with the kind of the hazy light, the snow falling in it. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's all shot beautifully. Joe Johnston. I mean, he's a technical person. Uh, started in kind of the technical aspects of film and clearly knows how to tell these sorts of stories. And we should mention... But again, very alien, you know, that again, that homage yeah, continues yeah. from the last minute. Yeah. And we should mention, though, I mean, Joe Johnston, one of the reasons that he was, uh, that Feige felt he was perfect for this is because of the Rocketeer, because that period, like an and October Sky, Joe Johnston clearly has mm-hmm. a penchant for stories told in that period. And uh, this was perfect for him. And so, yeah, I mean, but I think also, yeah, this this feel of this exploration of this alien yet not interior of the ship, I think, um, works really well. Which is the reveal. That's the gag is that they're in something that's that is so foreign and yet everything they find in there becomes increasingly familiar. That's the setup. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there's a, there's a staircase there. There's these struts and, you know, it all looks like industrial something. We're inside we're inside the cavern of this wing of this this giant ship that they're in. They they kind of come into the the main center. But you know, they had to have snow plowed cuz the angle the ship was at. Now I know the the wing itself has some bend to it, but they cut into like they enter in the back of I guess we're calling it the big cockpit area, right? Yeah. Like, that's the center of the ship. They're not coming in through the wing at all. So in order to get as deep as they did, considering the angle of that wing sticking out, they had to have been digging for a while before they got to the place where they could drill. I'm going to say they've been here for weeks. Well, okay, I'll go with weeks. And the other thing to to note is that the wing tips of the val- of the plane do tilt up. We should talk about this. This is the Hydra Bomber. It is the Hydra Bomber. It is called the Valkyrie. He calls it the Valkyrie. There's another name for it, um, also known as the Schwarzwitwe. <laughs> Schwarzwitwe, that's right. Uh, do, do you know what that means? Black Widow, actually. Oh, isn't that fancy? That's really interesting yeah. that it's the Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, that is really interesting. Well, the this uh, the design apparently was um, uh, a it's sort of a combination between two other German aircraft concepts from the period, uh, the uh, Horton, the Horton Ho two twenty nine flying wing night fighter, uh, and the Daimler Benz Project C, and. The purposes of these were the same as the purpose of this particular thing, which is horrific. Uh, And we'll see later that the Bombay is filled with suicide bombs. Yeah. We don't see any of that here, so we should talk about that more later. But it is uh, grim purpose. Valkyrie is, uh, you know, it has many, many layers, not the least of which is the obviously the Norse mythology, um, the female figures who decide whether a warrior lives or dies. And Valkyrie, also the name of the the planned national emergency in Nazi Germany that would have been engineered by a coup of the German military hierarchy against Adolf Hitler. Uh, Very similar to Red Skull's plan. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. It's an interesting, uh, the design of this, I, I think is fantastic. 
Okay, so when you're talking, I, I just want to jump back to what you're saying about the tips of the wings. You're saying the tips of the wings curve up. Yes. Not not the entire wing, because you're right. The tip, the very tips of the wings do curve up, but the entire thing is designed as an inverted V. Well, I mean, it's a very shallow inverted V. So, I mean, yes, if anything... but I was just thinking, like, does the tip, the, is it just the tip that we're seeing out of the snow, and that means that the the plane is is canted... Very slightly. ...less... That in for the overall shape of the of the ship, I think that you're right. It's not sticking out at, at such an angle as as you look at the ship, and we'll look at this later. Like when we get into the the hundreds, I think is about yeah. where we're going to be actually looking at the ship in flight. Um, you'll see that there is a little bend to the wing. So yeah, I think which is about as much as comes out of the snow. That's all. I yeah, was yeah, yeah. Thinking, yeah, yeah. But I will say this ship is designed. This is what was said about this ship. That vehicle was the toughest to model for me in 3D. The subtleties of aircraft design only alarm you when you actually have to do it. I thought I cracked it when I started pulling the wingtips down more and more, creating a negative V in front view. Flying wings don't photograph well, only in very few views. The trick then was to drag its wingtips down as much as I could and finally got a silhouette. So it took a long time to get this looking the way they did. And, and obviously, the bend of the different wings and everything, um, it was quite a bit of work to kind of get it to where they wanted to. I think it's a beautiful vehicle. Like, it's a beautiful design in its fantasy space. Yeah. I really like it. I, I, I like that there. it's such a major set piece later. I like the exploration of it. It's mysterious here in this minute. It offers lots of fun um, uh, fun treatments of, of just the way they handled the shape of the interior, you know, that massive laboratory and cabin. <laughs> like just never, you know, it's just very cool. Yeah. And it's it's nice seeing, like, they walk into this cockpit area, and you see the window, as we've already said. Again, it looks like it's all intact. You see at least one chair, like a pilot chair, kind of right in front of the windows. You can't tell if there are others at this point, but you can see that one. And so, I mean, it really looks like some sort of plane. Like, you know, they don't call it out or anything, but it looks like this is an actual war vehicle of some sort well and i would i would ask i would leave that as a, a hanging question at this point in the movie do you really do you know it's a plane because at this point i think you could make the case that it's a ufo a submarine <laughs> not a ufo it's never a ufo andy <laughs> i just want to keep i just i'm going to keep going with that because it it comes back to like treatments of like a modern twenty thousand leagues under the sea kind of thing, and who knows how it got there. But that big yeah. canopy is deceptive. All that glass is deceptive. Right. I mean, we've seen that in like uh, you know um, Nemo's submarine and everything. Yeah, it it right. feels very much like we're in some some vehicle designed for looking through a lot of space. I mean, it's just such a huge right. bank of windows. You don't yeah. normally see that, and five hundred forty feet. Um, wingspan. I mean, this is a huge ship. It's just enormous yeah. how much uh, how much this um, takes up space wise. Which you'll see later when you do the the perspective shots of Red Skull standing next to a tire. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, on this thing, which we don't actually see yeah. here. So, yeah. Um, there's a little. Uh, you know, one of the characters slips in the snow as he's walking through, trying to explore. Um, and that's you know we get his. You know, partner says, careful. And that's pretty much where the minute ends as they're kind of digging around in this thing, poking around. That's it. Yeah. 
Um, and, and honestly, the script is pretty straightforward. Like we have not seen, uh, much different. The only thing I'd say that's different is there's a little more dialogue going inside, going on inside. The lieutenant says, uh, and they probably cut this because they just wanted to leave it a little more mystery, mysterious. The lieutenant says, this has got to be World War II, but the Luftwaffe didn't have anything nearly this advanced or this big. Then the text says, lieutenant, and the lieutenant says, hold that base. And then that's where they, um, well, we kind of get into the uh, the next minute. But so there's a brief moment here. And actually, they see some German words written on a panel, uh, Gefahr Explosivstoff. It means danger explosives. So the fact that they're, I, I'm guessing that they just opted to leave it more mysterious, not reveal the World War II element yet. Right, right. And I think it works. I like that they left it that way. It's very efficient. And and we're getting to, like, the, the mystery is set in a minute. Yeah, right. It's very quick. Very quick. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Um, well, you know, uh, we'd love to, for you to check what we have over in our merch store. Uh, you can go to truestory.fm slash Marvel Movie Minute. Click on merch. See what we have up for uh, this particular season. Um, and otherwise, uh, we'll be back for tomorrow's minute uh, tomorrow, minute four, jumping into the next uh, little bit more exploration of the interior of this ship. Any last uh, things to say, Pete? So cold. So, so cold. cold. That's right. All right. Well, until next time, true believers. I could do this all day. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. Mm-hmm.